Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to OEM Industry Update, a weekly podcast examining the latest news and technology trends impacting product development teams in the heavy-duty on- and off-highway equipment industries. I'm Sarah Jensen, editor of OEM Off-Highway, and in this week's episode, I'll be speaking with Tariq Bolat, CEO of GPR, about the company's ground-positioning radar technology and how it can aid safety as well as the transition to autonomy. Let's take a listen now. So just to sort of start the conversation, if maybe you could provide a little bit of an overview of GPR and the ground positioning radar technology it's been developing. Yeah, of course. You know, I think the simplest way to think about what we're building at GPR is you've used satellites to leverage the skies to to generate information that's really important for vehicles and other applications today. You use cameras and LIDARs and forward-facing radars and sonars and those sorts of things to understand the world around you, what we would call the surface layer. Um, But no one yet has figured out how to leverage subterranean data um, for real-world applications yet. And so GPR is the first company in the world to have invented a way to, at high scale, capture subterranean data uh, and then action it for a bunch of different applications. And so the first application that we're doing uh, is something called positioning or localization um, in the industry parlance. And what that means is how can a vehicle know exactly where it is um, to a centimeter level? Uh, and the reason that we're starting with that is that that's a really big challenge for assisted driving uh, and for autonomy. So sort of running the gamut from um, you know what you would think of as level two, so systems on passenger-owned vehicles, personal-owned vehicles, all the way through to you know, autonomous trucks and robo-taxis and, and so on. Um, the way that that works today, the way the positioning works today, absent GPR, uh, is with a constellation of things like GPS, which is notorious for its lack of reliability, the signal is blocked, mm-hmm. um, has other issues, and is generally not very accurate to begin with. Um, uh, and then you've got camera and LIDAR. So with camera, you're either looking at lane lines, that's how a lot of today's um, assisted driving systems work. Of course, that relies on clearly markings being present. Um, or uh, with camera and also with LIDAR, you're creating a map of the world around you and then trying to track that map, um, which of course is very challenging because you have to be able to see the trees and signs and buildings that you could originally map. And there have to be trees and signs and buildings and things like that in the first place. Now with GPR, um, we're working in a domain that is perfectly suited for doing very, very robust positioning because mm-hmm. um, what we're doing is using a radar that's underneath the vehicle uh, and you drive over a road uh, or a path and you create a map, a fingerprint of the subsurface and then you're able to track that. And that fingerprint is very, very rich in detail uh, and it's stable over years long time periods. And so you're able to do that once and then rely on that map um, for years going 
forward, whereas with the typical mapping technology with LIDAR or camera, you have to constantly update the map because the surface is always changing in subtle and mm -hmm. not so subtle ways. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bunch of other applications that we've developed really in response to customer demand on the back of this sort of subterranean uh, data set. But positioning is really the cornerstone that we're building right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so are you able to go into um, specifically maybe how the technology works or what maybe components you're utilizing to enable it to collect the data and do everything yeah. that it needs to do? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to, um, to the degree that, that I can. So yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the radar itself is a totally unique design. So it's not what you might think of for a total, like a forward facing radar that mm. you know, is used for adaptive cruise control, for instance, very different design using uh, different frequencies um, and different location. It's underneath the vehicle. Uh, and so that is basically imaging or getting reflections off of the subsurface about 10 feet into the ground. So that's what that unique, uh, unique fingerprint is comprised of. Mm -hmm. Reflections of, off of things like changes in soil type, soil density, rocks, roots, concrete, asphalt, that sort of thing. Um, and so as you drive over uh, a road or, or a path, you're creating that, uh, that 3D map in effect. Mm -hmm. And then you're simply matching to that map the next time that you drive through, as you would with any other map technology. The benefits here is that this is sort of a built for purpose positioning solution where you're working again in this domain that is very well suited to doing positioning because it's stable over long time periods and it's rich in unique, uh, unique imagery. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So then how um, might you go about utilizing or maybe even integrating the technology into a, piece, like a heavy duty vehicle or a piece of off-road equipment? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So um, for those types of vehicles, we package that underneath the, uh, the vehicle itself. Uh, and then we use it to help guide those vehicles either in an assisted driving fashion. So you can imagine like in an off-road context, um, uh, there's sort of famously not a lot of the, the current sensors that mm. I mentioned, LiDAR and camera, GPS, really struggle in those environments because mm. like there aren't features or, or, or they're changing all the time. Um, and so in that application, you know, you create a map, you know, let's imagine an industrial vehicle has a fixed map from point A to point B and it's traversing mm. that uh, mm. or some small set of routes, um, you know, routinely in, in the workday. Um, with this, you're able to either make the driver's journey much less stressful by, um, uh, by automating a lot of it, or you can fully automate the truck itself, depending on what the, um, on what the environment is like, uh, and uh, allow for much higher levels of like, utilization, for instance. Mm -hmm. So the truck can be running at all times. Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. And so are there maybe specific types of um, vehicles or equipment that it is particularly suited for? Or is there maybe just, could you go into what it could be utilized in? Yeah, in an industrial setting, um, you know, we've seen things like 
um, everything from like mining vehicles, or mm. mine sites, um, heavy duty vehicles operating at oil and gas sites, for instance, mm. um, all the way through to construction sites where you're doing things, not only like automating vehicle travel, but you know, more importantly, determining what's um, underneath the ground before you start digging, and uh, and that alleviates a lot of okay. you know, potential damage on equipment and tools mm. uh, where you don't know what's underneath the ground, but you end up digging and you, know, you, can, you can damage equipment pretty easily. It's a really, really big problem. Mm. Similarly, um, you can you can determine underneath the ground if there's like utility pipes um, that you don't want to uh, that you don't mm. want to disturb. Um, mm-hmm. which gives a bunch of different, this is why I sort of talk about it as a data layer of, mm-hmm. on which there are many different applications because there is positioning, um, but you can also see, it's sort of like x-ray vision. You can see what's underneath the, the, the earth um, and you can do that at very, very high scale. Um, and as a result, you can determine um, before you dig, for instance, what's going what's going on if you're trying to map out where the utility infrastructure is, let's say a gas company or mm-hmm. uh, company that's laying along fiber midstream uh, pipeline company, that, that, sort of, uh, that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. You're able to tell what is underneath there uh, and where those pipes are, mm-hmm. um, you know, before you, without ever having to actually dig it up. Right. So is this something that could maybe be beneficial for use on underground mining equipment as well, especially as they're yeah. looking to automate the equipment yeah, and 100- such? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So um, you know, th- this is not um, whether we're above ground or below ground. We're simply looking at what's below the vehicle, mm-hmm. um, and so long as the vehicle is traveling uh, over and closer to the ground, so you know, i.e., it's not a plane, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, or a drone. Um, uh, you know, you're able to capture that that subterranean signature, uh, and then manipulate it for positioning or, or anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so how do you, would you work together with an OEM or other component manufacturers to integrate the technology or maybe can you go into how that process kind of works? Yeah, so we tend to opt to, to work with um, three main parties in the industrial setting. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the, you know, the operator. So whether it's a construction site operator, a mine operator or an industrial yard operator, mm-hmm. distribution center operator airport operator, um, you know, uh, they're oftentimes creating the, the sort of spark of demand because they are trying to make their service or their product more efficient, uh, you know, better experience for their customers. Uh, and then we work with the OEMs and the tier ones to actually create that on the vehicle. Um, and so the OEMs, you know, will uh, determine where it should be packaged, what the ultimate requirements are, um, uh, performance, and then we'll oftentimes work with a supplier uh, to manufacture it and, uh, and package it on that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And so maybe just kind of the last question I had is maybe how, if at all, you maybe could um, see this technology further aiding current and future autonomous vehicle developments, or how might the technology itself advance or help with other future um, innovations that are coming in the industry? Yeah, so we do a lot of work like with the automated freight industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for that application, you're looking at, um, you know, you're driving millions and millions of miles. And so you need a very, very robust independent positioning mm-hmm. input. Right. Um, and so, you know, uh, we view and the, the, uh, the freight company that we're working with you, 
GPR as a essential, an essential input into making their business model work, you know, giving them the level of reliability and safety that they need to actually launch a product that can be broadly adopted. The, the same is true uh, for like autonomous robo taxis who have mm-hmm. now come through a lot of the kind of threshold technical challenges mm-hmm. and, are, and are realizing that if they want to build a big product, they need to deliver really, really reliable uh, performance. Similarly, like operation in, in yards, for instance, in industrial yards, really mm-hmm. challenging visual environment to mm-hmm. do positioning in, very, very dynamic. Um, not a lot of things that are fixed. And so we see a lot, uh, a lot uh, of applications there, mm-hmm. all the way through to things like forklifts, you know, a, a sort of sleeper, huge sleeper uh, industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where there's a lot of automation going on mm-hmm. inside of the warehouse and, and uh, the areas, outside areas adjacent to the warehouse. Um, and then, of course, our, our bread and butter is um, is for automating passenger vehicles and sort of mm-hmm. assistant driving uh, contacts. And so we do a lot of work there. We're with some of the biggest automakers in the world uh, on that. And that includes things like pickups and SUVs going off-road. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well. So that same same reason that it's challenging for an industrial vehicle, you know, heavy duty vehicle right. um, to be operating in an off-road context, that, that remains true um, for other vehicles that, mm-hmm. that are owned by consumers uh, mm-hmm. and going off-road. Um, so there's really a wide sort of aperture, uh, you know, a broad aperture in terms of the different types of capabilities GPR can power. But it, all, all those kind of come back to safety and reliability mm-hmm. and autonomous features that can be used outside of the very tidy lane line where oftentimes it's when you need them the least. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Well, great. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with me today and provide some insight into um, GPR's technology and how it can benefit uh, various applications. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of OEM Industry Update. Thank you to Tariq for providing his insights into GPR's technology and the benefits it can provide to equipment manufacturers and their customers. And be sure to tune in for future episodes to stay up to date on our ever-changing industry.